ending one minute at a time. I was blind, but now I see. Working jobs we hate, so we buy shit we don't need. Ideas are grateful. If you had one shot, everything I'd ever read, heard, seen was now organized and available. Now you fucking khakis. Life moves pretty fast. The Biohacking Secret Show. Hi, Dream Shojai. Welcome to the Biohacking Secret Show. Great to be here. So I was mentioning right before we hit record, I was a few years ago, a member of something called Mentor Box, where like every month they'd send you a book that they really enjoyed along with like a summary of it. And then this jump drive with like some behind the scenes expert interviews. And and uh, they sent me your book, The Urban Monk. And that was kind of how you came onto my radar. So I'm pretty pumped because we're going to be talking about a lot of cool things that you teach, like inner alchemy turning awareness around your longevity formula, overcoming overwhelm, finding meaning and, and a bunch of cool stuff like that. But maybe before we get into all the all, all that fun stuff, you can give our listeners who might not be familiar with your work a little bit of background and like your origin story, if you will. Yeah, how I got into this mess, huh? The, uh, you know, the origin story is scrappy immigrant kid, uh, you know, escaped a revolution in Iran, came over here and, uh, you know, my generation, what do you do? Doctor, lawyer, engineer. Right. And so I uh, did well in high school, went straight to UCLA to be a doctor and then started working with doctors and realized how miserable of a bunch they were, um, you know, at the time where I was at. So, you know, I had my angels kind of drive my perspective of, um, you know, kind of what that industry was about. Um, there were some really kind of depressing uh, data points where, you know, I was doing pain management and, you know, morphine is kind of all we had. Uh, and, and, you know, things have changed dramatically. And, you know, I'm actually really excited about medicine again. Um, but at the time it was like, we're just dripping these dudes on morphine. This is, this isn't that cool. Right. And mm -hmm. so, um, as or, God, or, or opiates. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. You know, it's like, it was all just, you know, it was, is opiate city. And, um, you know, aside from that, they do some selective nerve blocks and wheel grandma out in a wheelchair and, you know, she'd come back for her next appointment and, you know, zombies do exist. Right. And so it's just, it wasn't that inspiring. Uh, same time I'm taking my first Tai Chi class and like seeing, you know, from, you know, with my own eyes, like, you know, this is stuff. It feels great. Um, but got confused about uh, future trajectory, asked God for a clue and a book fell out of a bookshelf, which isn't supposed to happen. So I read it and um, found a Taoist master um, the next week, went in there and um, he's like, you know, hey, I've been expecting you. And I'm like, man, this stuff's, I don't even know what, what I'm doing here. Do you say that to cool. everyone, Taoist master? Taoist <laughs> master, yeah, exactly. exactly. Is, that, is that part of your funnel, right? It was just this, this really creepy kind of like coincidence of all things. And I'm like, yeah, I guess I belong here. I uh, became the senior student of Taoist uh, abbot, um, Kung Fu, Qigong, Tai Chi for you know, decades. Uh, became a doctor of oriental medicine. Um, loved the art. Um, hate the business, you know, you're kind of relegated to being kind of second tier to these arrogant pricks that, you know, think they know everything. Um, and so I uh, started my own medical group and realized medicine um, kind of sucks. The business of medicine, I got to wait till someone breaks before Blue Cross pays me for it. Um, this was, you know, early 2000s and said, look, this, you know, this model isn't what I learned to do, right? I'm trying to prevent the tragedies, not wait for them to start happening and then, you know, manage the cases, right? This is, this is insane. So got into corporate wellness, uh, started, you know, consulting about 1400 companies, um, making some really big impact. But if you've ever been around corporate, it's just like yawn, you know, you're just dealing with a lot of structure and folks that aren't happy and you're trying to help them. And then I realized I was repeating myself a lot. So started recording it 
did my first book in 2009, first film in 2000, came out in 2012. Now I'm like, I don't know, dozens of films and uh, documentary series into the film career and I think eight books into my writing career. And I don't know, just a dude that talks a lot, I guess. Um, but, you know, it's been uh, a really interesting trajectory to just keep iterating and changing what I'm about to take on bigger problems. Right. And so you want to you want to tackle health. You have to ha tackle public health. You want to tackle, you know, consciousness. You have to get into media and understand that people are being, you know, misfed and misled. Right? Mm -hmm. And so here I am. Now I'm a media guy. Who knew? Cool. I mean, I'm fascinated by that, too, because I know a lot of people who feel like a lot of the content that they want to put out, whether it's like documentaries or docuseries and things like that, they're like, oh, well, I'll never get a Netflix deal with this because they don't want this information out there. And like they're, you know, in, in, in many ways, steering consciousness and in, in what could be considered an unproductive direction or a, a non-expansive direction, you know. So um, before we kind of get into a lot of your teachings, like how do you now handle like your creative process? And then how do you also navigate like the distribution side where you're like, I mean, I mean, I, I would, I have to imagine some of the stuff that you want to share. You're like, ah, I, I want to share this, but it's not going to get picked up by these places. You know what I mean? How do you kind of navigate those two things? Yeah. Um, the first, I mean, I guess first stop is don't care about who picks it up, be your own distribution. That doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. I got, you know, I put one of my films on Netflix, um, but it was kind of like a, a you know, aside after I had already shared it with millions of people online and done a free screening model and gotten people into, you know, our, our ecosystem. And so, you know, now I, I own a, our own streaming platform called bepossible.com. Um, and, you know, I put up what I feel like putting up and I don't have to ask dad for permission. Right. And so that's really it is, you know, Netflix and Netflix is struggling, right. You know, they'll go pay Scorsese a hundred million bucks to watch a movie Maybe, you know, one, one out of 10,000 of their viewers will watch once, right? I, I, and could, I couldn't even get through it. The Irishman right. couldn't even get yeah. through it. Right. And, 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 <laughs> so that's it. And, and so, like, then it's just like, boo, what next? And so they're just throwing all this money at, like, begging people to stick around. Mm -hmm. um, I, you know, I have a very different model where I'm like, hey, you know, let's help you with your headaches. Let's help you with your, your hormonal problems. And let's, you know, you're supremely interested in what, you know, I'm talking to you about because you came here through that, through that channel. So we're just really good at understanding the pain points of people and then putting best in class experts uh, in front of them to help them be empowered, be educated, and then take action to actually move from passive to active and do things for themselves that, that make them better. Um, the, the second part of your question is, you know, I'm, I'm still very involved. Like I, I just got off of, you know, my, my top producer, was 30 years, HBO, A&E, you know, he's been, you know, this guy from the industry. We have a roll-up meeting every week. We talked about seven projects that we're filming right now. You know, hey, how about this? How's this? You know, this producer might be lagging here. Um, and then I, you know, the ones that I am innately interested in, I jump in with creative input. Um, you know, if it's somebody I've been dying to meet, I'll jump on a bird and be there for the interview. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and just be, be actively involved. But, you know, there's just too much filming and too many projects happening for me to, uh, you know, interject myself. I've realized I'm not that useful when it comes to the mechanics of it, but I am very useful in, in identifying human suffering and helping, you know, uh, match problems with solutions. And, and I enjoy it. So, you know, I don't want to be a suit. You know, I want, I want to be involved. I want to be involved in the stuff that, that, that's meaningful in our company. 
Sweet. And then let's talk about bepossible.com because like, I mean, we just, we just had another video that was banned on YouTube that I recorded in, in 2020 with uh, a, a physician and, um, and then, and now, and then Instagram today just was like, Hey, you're on, on timeout for 10 days and, you know, keep it up and you're going to lose your account. So I've been actively syndicating to a lot more decentralized platforms and, uh, you know, your bit shoots and your rumbles and your rock fins and that sort of thing. What, what was the impetus of creating be possible and, and what sort of is like your elevator explanation of, of what differentiates it from what else is out there? Yeah, it's uh, health and wellness streaming media um, designed to meet people where they're at. And, you know, what what happened is I was doing these documentary series and, you know, I've been around the block and done, you know, 10 part series on the microbiome, 10 part series on female hormones, exhaustion. And so we've talked, we've tackled a lot of very kind of deep domain, um, you know, and, and deep dives into specific domains. It's like if someone's going to sit there and spend 900 minutes looking at this 10 part series, it's because they're frustrated, right, with their doctor, with the system, with the results, you know, who the hell's got that kind of time unless they're suffering. And so we really understand and identify where uh, the pain points are and then help them kind of escalate and get out. So my impetus was to, you know, help these people. But then you start throwing, you know, titles up on the wall and you're like, holy crap, you know, I've got a library now. And so then you go through. So I went to Mark Hyman. I went to Tom O'Brien. I went to a bunch of other friends that had um documentary series. It was like, Hey, can we license your stuff? Right. And, um, you know, we're producing them as fast as we can. We're licensing them as fast as we can. And, um, now we have, you know, episodic shows. We have, I don't know, 600 hours of fitness, yoga, all that stuff, because the questions start coming in. It's like, okay, what do I do? Or like, Oh, go to yoga. Then I send them to the, the, the dumpster fire. That's YouTube. And, you know, I, I don't know, what I'm sa- you know, I don't know where I'm sitting. Right. You got all these, like these people that are really, you know, there's a lot of commercially interested people. There's a lot of politically interested people. And then there's like creep, creepers and pedophiles. And, you know, the world's full of everything. Mm-hmm. And they all happen to be on YouTube, right? Mm-hmm. And so then we're like, damn, we should probably do our own kind of nutrition stuff. We should get, we should curate the yoga. And so as we started kind of understanding what people were needing and asking for, we started creating more and more media to do so. And that, that you know, and it led to something that was kind of an eventuality. I didn't really want to get back into the care model. But, you know, a lot, a huge volume of our customer service tickets were, okay, so do you have a doctor in Kansas you'd recommend, right? And, you know, originally we'd send them to ifm.org and that's just, you know, they they can like handle as much capacity as they could. Mm -hmm. So now I have uh, health coaches and telemedicine layered in because we realized that we were letting go of the chain of custody and this person was asking for help. So now because I, you know, I know the people I know and, you know, can, can make a few phone calls. I have best in class doctors, um, you know, and everything, everything across, you know, the, the spectrum of care, you know, to help these folks or at least triage them to get them to the help that they need. Because at the end of the day, you can say you want to help people. You can do what you do and go home and like, you know, throw a soccer, you know, kick a soccer ball around with your kids. But, you know, if the end result is not connecting the dots and helping the people that you said you're there to help, you got to try harder. Right. And so, you know, it's plenty of work to do, man. I dig it. And I feel like that telemedicine, especially from like a functional medicine perspective, is the future. It, it gets us outside of that framework where doctors are restricted with, you know, 10 or 20 minutes to see patients, with, which pretty much limits them to recommend pharmaceuticals. And the functional model with telemedicine at least gives these these 
doctors and, and, and functionally minded practitioners the opportunity to go deeper and really get to the root cause of what's going on and correct that and use the proper diagnostic tools to look deeper than, than just, you know, the surface level. So I think that's fantastic that, that you're doing that. And that's, that's all available through uh, the letter B and then possible.com. Yep. Yep. And then, and then, you know, you're a biohacking dude and we're, you know, fully integrated in with heads up health and, you know, just all the biometric stuff that that's juicy, um, all the lab analysis, all the things that matter. Um, and then, you know, even with that, even with telemedicine, I mean, you know, MD salaries are more expensive. So the end user, you know, ends up paying more. So then, you know, coaching becomes the glue that is the compliance, you know, compliance and behavioral mod is the, you know, the, 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 the whole game. Right. Mm-hmm. And so wow. we found that the integration of coaching with telemedicine, with functional medicine protocols um, is really what works best. And at the end of the day, it's like, you know, I'm not here to lecture folks and tell them, you know, hey, go do this stuff and, you know, scold them for not having done it. I need to make sure that they're going to do what it's going to take to get them out of the calamity they're in. And whether that's, you know, their marriage challenges, uh, their chronic fatigue or the mold in their house, Mm -hmm. let's dig it up, man. You know, let's let's figure out how to help you, because that's that's essentially why you're here. right? You came to ask for help. So now, you know, we have to maintain the chain of custody and get you to the right help. I dig it. I dig it. Um, what what projects that you've done, whether it's books, films, educational series, are you most proud of? I really um, I'm really proud of the interconnected series, which is really it kind of blew the door open on the microbiome. And it was really avant garde. We're doing a part two now, another 10 part series in the microbiome. That's how. And amazing and, and, and intricate the the science of the kind of gut microbiota genomics world is. Um, there's just a lot of there's a lot of progress there. Uh, the one that um, is just coming out like in, you know soon is hormones, health, and harm. It's just amazing to me how no one you know the the female consumer has been mansplained their hormonal problems, you know, and, and basically you know been kind of relegated to you know being hysterical or whatever you know whatever the kind of dominant stereotypes have been for decades and no one has leaned in to say look let's go do an entire project on women's hormonal health mm-hmm. and you know most of the the physicians are, are females who have stories and all this stuff and it's just like you know I, I tell people about this and their eyes open up it's just like oh my god finally someone's you know someone mm-hmm. who's helping us right specifically speaking to my gender kind of thing right um i'm very proud of uh you know the books focus um uh my latest book I, i'm very proud of because it kind of you know it's the summation of you know years of you know years of work and you know dude who used to have hair is you know having been around tens of thousands of people um in uh, a teaching capacity and you know like a you know online dude you get to see what's working and you get to see what's tripping people up. And so the metaphor of the life garden and the plants that you can afford to water and the weeds that you got to pull um, has helped a lot of people. Right. And and to me, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying anything new. I'm an ancient wisdom guy. I mean, I do have some like new cool technology in a clinic we just opened, but I'm here to help reframe people's operating systems so that they can make better choices and be the person they say they want to be. So let's look at those bad habits. Let's look at the the framing in your consciousness that's prohibiting you from taking the steps um, that you need to take, literally and figuratively, right? Like, you know, mm-hmm. why, why aren't you taking that walk every day? Right. What do we got to do to make it happen? 
Right. Identifying the, the limiting beliefs and, and kind of reframing those and getting people to the to the core of what needs to happen in order for them to take consistent action and like get those compound benefits. Are you are you what are your thoughts on the, the Viome test? You know, we've got three day stool tests from companies like Genova and, and that sort of thing for, for the microbiome. Like you've gone so deep on the microbiome. If you could only get, you know, one or two labs that that would provide valuable data points and diagnostics in order to, to get the gut, you know, straightened out. Yeah. What, what would you, where would you go? I think clinically Genova is very good. Genova does a lot of really good work. There's a couple oral microbiome pro- products that we're looking at right now that I won't quite endorse yet. Um, I really like what microbiome labs um, is doing. They're now part of the Novo family. Um, and, uh, you know, I've, I've had, I have a long history with Viome. Um, you know, some people love it. Some people hate it. Um, you know, that's me, kind of the feedback that I get too. Yeah. Yeah. And it, you know, for me, if it's actionable and you, you know, take, take some of these recommendations and they work for you and you're, you know, losing weight, less anxious and all those things, then, then great. If not, you know, I don't really think, I think, you know, people have a real affection for this kind of new and improved data mining stuff. But unless it's relevant in the life of the person I'm recommending it to, I'm not going to have them wasted money, right? Mm-hmm. It's people are taking, you know, I, I could send people for $8,000 worth of tests in a blink of an eye because yeah. I want to, you know, say I'm the coolest functional medicine dude in town. I'd say, you know, 6 to 15% of that would be relevant for, you know, this person based on, you know, a good intake, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think, I think the testing is overdone. I think it's incredibly valuable, but I do think people do the kitchen sink testing model just to impress their colleagues or impress their patients or you know, yeah. I don't know what the hell people are doing. <laughs> yeah, for sure. When, when someone asks you like, what is inner alchemy? What, what do you say? So it's the only game in town. Inner alchemy is the transmutation of your base elements to the gold. That is the pure spiritual essence that is you. Right. And so I think a lot of people try to run to heaven and people try to, you know, Look for answers outside of themselves where the temple that we've been given is right here and the workshop is right here and the breath is right here and your consciousness is, you know, just it's the name of the game. And the understanding that uh, turning the light of awareness around to observe this consciousness and ask, you know, who am I and who just asked that question, you know, this, this is the only game in town and people are, you know, taking NAD drips and you know, running off to retreats and trying to get into weird yoga poses as much as they can to like find meaning. Mm-hmm. Um, but they are still looking for it outside themselves. Right. And so the inner alchemy process, whatever lineage you, you hail from is really it. And I think we live in a world that, you know, is predicated on the attention economy. Right. So Instagram, um, you know, wants my attention on that screen because they're monetizing it. And the longer I can, you know, flick through TikTok, you know, videos and stay kind of connected there, the more money that is for somebody. Um, And that currency of my attention, I mean, what is that? That's my energy. That's my heartbeats. Those are my precious moments left here on planet earth. And I'm, you know, watching, you know, cat videos or whatever the hell it is. Right. And so how do I flip that attention retrovert it and bring it back to my own consciousness to wake up to who I truly am and become truly happy um, where the inner nexus of control is internal. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, that's, I used to, I used to be almost like a spiritual apologist. Like I was the monk guy and then I had like my other stuff over here. So, you know, I, you know Hey, I gave a church kind of thing. 
And, you know, I have my own personal practice. And over the years, it has become abundantly clear that if you don't have an introspective practice that, that allows for you to kind of grow from within and emanate and exude that happiness and that peace and that, that kind of contemplative um, glow that comes from people who, you know, sat and done this work, then, you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to impact your decisions uh, for your health. It's going to impact your marriage. It's going to impact your time management. It's going to impact everything. And hmm. so, you know, I'm, I'm tired of saying, oh, yeah, and by the way, you should meditate or pray or whatever. It's, it's a central part to the um, personal hygiene of a human is their spiritual hygiene, whatever that may be for you. Find something, go get it, right? Yeah. My, I interviewed my brother who's on Instagram uh, at the wave in the ocean. And, and uh, we did like a, a fun conversation where we looked back through our lives and, you know, wove in some, some cool teachings and things like that. And the, that, the name of the episode that we went with was uh, trading the looking glass for the mirror. And it was all about going within and realizing that social media and, and the television and even fear and some of these disempowering emotions, they just take our focus outward and prevent us from not only like looking at ourselves and doing some of that challenging inner work that, that needs to take place, but it's like you said, a currency that, that drains us. And it's easy to go through your whole life focused outward and never even really know who you are and never really know, like, what are the, what are the patterns that are interfering with your goals and dreams and, and what you want to do have be and embody in your life. So I love that. You mentioned prayer and meditation and, and meditation is something that I've been involved with for a long time and prayer. I got more deeply involved with starting around 2018 and it's been like a complete game changer. One of my friends and clients pointed out, he said like, it's kind of like you're in a conversation with God and meditations like listening and prayer is like talking. And he's like, with you just meditating and like doing yoga he goes, you're in a really bad conversation. It's a very one-sided conversation. And I was like, all right. And it kind of created a shift. And, and then I'll, I'll, I'll tell the story some other time, but not on this episode. But having the integration of those two as a daily practice has been has been completely life-changing for me and something that, you know, it's now my intention to constantly deepen my, my connection with our creator, with God, and, and of course, with myself in doing that. What would you say is like if there was one or, or two practices, and, and it could be prayer and meditation, but I don't want to put words in your mouth, for, for someone who wants to really develop that inner alchemy and start turning their awareness around, what are like the, the key practices and, and specifically the protocols? You know, like there's a difference between meditating for two minutes and meditating for 30 minutes twice a day, right? Like what, what are your recommendations there for our listeners? Sure. Sure. I'll, I'll preface my answer by saying, look, there's many ways to climb the mountain, right? So, you know, everyone says my, my way is the way. I don't have a way, right? Like I've, I've studied Buddhism with the Dalai Lama. I've studied Taoism for my whole career, Kabbalah, Hermetic Christianity. I don't, I don't care. I just, you know, I'm a secret, right? So, um, you know, if someone is a little too ingrained in their way, careful because your wallet, your wallet might be missing next, right? So <laughs> the second, the second preface there is, I want to challenge the assertion, not that you made, but that's out there in the world that, okay, I want to like learn how to do yoga or I got to meditate. So I'm going to go, you know, find a Vipassana retreat and, you know, take 10 days to go off over here, or I got to go do yoga over there. And again, it's that kind of externalized outsourcing of these things, these experiences that happen outside. 
where, you know, the kind of the premise of, you know, the urban monk, which is, you know, the book that you kind of read, um, you know, being introduced to my work was, look, you know, the there's ascetics and householders in traditional cultures that, you know, where all this stuff spawned from. And, you know, we have all kind of gravitated towards this narrative that, you know, to do yoga or to be spiritual, you do these ascetic practices, which are designed for, you know, a less than 1% of the population who, you know, subjugate their desires to this work and, you know, don't have sex, don't have kids, don't, don't touch money and live up on the mountain. Right. Um, and so if, if you're a householder, which, you know, like if you've got bills and kids and food and stuff that you got to procure on your own, it's a different deal. And so it, it becomes incredibly important to understand that you have to find the mindfulness in your day to day. You have to breathe down to your lower abdomen between your calls. You have to turn your house into the temple. Therefore, there's nowhere to go. You're already there. And now we can get into the answer to your question, which is, look, there's, there's tons of techniques. The one I, I like the most for beginners, if you will, but I, I still do this one to this day is, you know, Taoist four count breathing or Buddhist four count breathing. They're kind of the same, which is fit with your spine straight. Bend your knees um, and put the tip of the tongue to the roof of the mouth. That's the trifecta to, to really push the nervous system into parasympathetic dominance. We don't know why it works, but it does. And it turns out these guys have been advocating for this for thousands of years before we had the word parasympathetic in our lexicon. So it works, right? And so those three things, keep your spine straight, bend your knees, tip of the tongue to the roof of the mouth, and we'll start doing lower diaphragmatic breathing which means about three fingers below your navel, as if you have a balloon down there. We inflate that on the inhale, and then we exhale and we deflate that, okay? So that's just the mechanics. It's in and out of the lower abdomen. And then let's add something for the monkey mind to get assigned to, and that's breathing and counting. So inhale for the count of four, hold for the count of two, exhale for the count of four, and hold for the count of two. You just rinse and repeat. And if, if, not when, I'm uh, sorry, when, not if, your mind starts to wander, what your average kind of beginner starts to do is get pissed at themselves and say, see, I suck at this. Uh, you know, I'm thinking about my bills. I'm thinking about the dog going to the vet. I'm thinking about what my girlfriend said. Bah, see, I'll never be good at this. And what you're not realizing is that, you know, every time I wiggle my toe or breathe in oxygen or just exist here in this body, my body is sending all sorts of neuronal impulses to the brain, all sorts of relays saying, you know, this is up and this is down. And um, there's going to be thoughts. There's going to be refractory noise. And the challenge is learning to observe and not identify with the noise and learning that the noise is always there. The Dalai Lama, you know, when I sat with him, he's, you know, he's like, look, you know, I've got thoughts, I've got noise all the time. The key is to, to increase the depth of the water so that the entire body of water isn't choppy with your reckless thoughts, but to put an entire ocean of serenity on top of that and just continue to learn the, the practice of equanimity. What we call in Taoism is inner seeing, inner hearing. And once you realize that your true seeing, your true hearing are capacities that you haven't even tapped into in your humdrum life, 
then you're getting into your superpower self. Then you're getting into the, the real game, right? Inner alchemy, again, it's the only game in town. You had mentioned subjugating desires. And there's talk in, in certain Taoist practices about semen retention and a whole bunch of different different things. And then, and then you get into like there's a movement now where a, a lot of men are realizing that pornography affects the dopaminergic centers in the brain and, and our relationships with women and how we view sexuality and, and, and the sacred nature thereof. What are some desires that in along your journey you had to actively, consciously subjugate? In order to evolve so many so many i mean just you know from from the top of where you started the the desire to need to ejaculate is you know not tied to orgasm it's not tied to sex and you know to to, to step into tantra you really need to understand how to master the sexual energy i mean think about it that's your lifeline to immortality physically but it's also your lifeline to immortality up your spine right and so you want to immortalize your consciousness um, it's a pretty good place to start, right? Um, but I mean, you name it, um, whether it's, you know, sweets after dinner, whether it's, you know, hitting 40 and realizing even a glass or two of wine gives me a headache, gone. Um, and, you know, looking at some lab values and realizing genetically I'm not a great, you know, metabolizer of caffeine, bye-bye coffee, right? And so one at a time, you start looking at the things. Um, how, about, how about the things that waste your time? How about, you know, playing, you know, some app on your phone when you're sitting on the toilet or, or scrolling through the newsfeed to see, you know, what, what the next atrocity in, in, in Ukraine is, you know, depending on where you get hung up, you have to see and identify only for yourself, really, what are the plants or the weeds, right? Mm-hmm. And if you come to the rational conclusion that a certain behavior, certain foods, certain tasks, certain toxic person is a weed, then the decision is clear now you just have to have enough chi or energy to effectively make the change. And I think that's where, you know, the, the vitality equation comes in is most people are too damn tired to make any moves in their lives. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're not moving around. They're not eating right. They're not sleeping well. You know, they're borrowing from tomorrow to get through today with multiple, you know, caffeine beverages and all these things. And so their energy economics are so skewed that, you know, even when they know what the right move is, they don't have enough capacity to follow through with it. So, you know, again, that's why I've come full circle back to health. And, you know, I have a clinic opening in Park City next month with, you know, um, plasmapheresis, NAD, saunas, I mean, everything. Because the the medicine has now finally caught up to the promise. And you're like, holy crap, this stuff works. And so, I mean, literally, I have like a, you know, really crazy expensive laser sitting right there that, you know, activates PRP, activated PRP and B cells. And, you know, some of the biological age of the subjects we've been looking at is going down on an average of three years. That's pretty gnarly. Yeah. Do do we feel like like Horvath testing? uh, Yeah, Horvath is part of it. Uh, Yeah. So, so some of it is Horvath, some of it is methyl pathways, um, you know, so, so, you know, telomere length, um, and then, you know, there's also all sorts of functional assays that you can look at too. You know, you start looking at people's biological aging going down. We're scrubbing senescent cells um, through reverse kind of like dialysis, all sorts of crazy stuff. But like, okay, so if you're tired, that's fixable. Yeah. Um, what, what, what's next? Right. And so let's figure out what's wrong. Let's bring enough energy to the party uh, and couple it with clarity. Right. Because, you know, I think uh, Wayne Dyer 
um, was kind of misinterpreted. You know, it's not all about intention. It's about attention and intention, right? If I have a bucket of water and I, you know, have a few plants that I want to water, but I just go spray it everywhere, it's gone, right? But if I create a drip feed system and deliver that water in precision to the seeds, are we that still I want talking about semen retention? Which is messing around. The bucket of water is absolutely relevant in that, right? Is it? You know, and the release there. Um, so, so here's the thing about semen retention that people mess up is you can still re- release the semen once you understand how to pull the energy up so that you don't release the energy with the semen. Uh, but most guys, especially guys that got caught up in porn and all that kind of stuff that, you know, to me are aberrations um, for, you know, true sensuality and sexuality mm-hmm. is they, those things are so coupled and you'll hear it from guys. Like, what, what are you talking about? They're not coming. Like, blah, 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 right. And you're like, all right, buddy. Right. So, you know, you're, you're stuck and I don't need to show you this. Right. But, um, you know, but if you ever come around, there's another way. Right. And the, the other way um, leads to, you know, amazing orgasms for, for all parties involved. And it leads to rejuvenation and health and vitality uh, versus the, I need to take a nap or, you know, my, my coach is mad because I, I, you know, I wasn't supposed to do that the night before the game. Right. Um, and, and so there are absolute parallels between, yeah. you know, that bucket of water and what we're talking about. But yeah, I mean, you want to drip feed your dreams you don't want to be wasteful with your vitality, right? You want your attention and your intention in lockstep. What's up, guys? Anthony here. And the reason I wanted to temporarily interrupt this broadcast is because, as you're probably aware, there's a good amount of time, energy, and financial resources that go into having a podcast like this and being able to bring it to you guys for free. And I was thinking about something fun we could do where I really like silver. I really like cash and I want to bring you guys even more value. So what I thought could be fun is only if you've gotten a lot of value from the biohacking secrets show, the biohackers guide to upgraded energy and focus my book, uh, coaching, working one-on-one with me, or any some some sort of communication or product or service that we have put out, whether free or paid, if it's uplifted your life in a way that you feel exceeds the value exchanged between us, I'd like to invite you to make a donation to P.O. Box 7151, Deerfield, Illinois, 6 zero zero one five that's p.o box seven one five one deerfield one word illinois six zero zero one five and then with that donation whether it's silver from gainesville coins you can even buy yourself some and then throw a little bit in in your package it could be a cash donation and along with that or even independent of that, you don't have to donate. If you're not in a financial position to donate right now, I don't you know, want to take food off your table or anything like that. But the best part of all of this is if you could include a letter about, you know, just sharing any part of your story that you'd like to share about how we've had a positive impact on your life, uh, any question or maybe even, you know, one or two questions that you might have that you'd like my help with. 
I will then uh, put that silver or cash donation to good use. And I will share, we'll do an episode every once in a while where I share your questions. Uh, they can be anonymous if you guys prefer that. And then I'll give you your answers. And I thought it would be a win-win for everybody. It would allow us to keep doing these episodes for free, allow all of us to feel good about the energy that is exchanged for the value that, that we receive in our lives. And it could be a fun way for me to answer your questions and to add even more value. So if that sounds cool, uh, you can go to GainesvilleCoins.com. That's where I buy silver and gold and, and heavy metals and things like that. Uh, that are a little bit more, let's say, inflation resistant and uh, recession and depression resistant. Recession, I don't want to say proof, but resistant. And uh, you can go to GainesvilleCoins.com to check those out, or you could just throw some cash in with your letter. Handwritten is preferred. I just think it's a lot more intimate and a lot cooler. And again, that uh, can all be sent to if you feel called and only if you feel called to P.O. Box 7151, Deerfield, Illinois, 60015. I actually just, just went for the first time and picked up a bunch of packages today, and I'm super excited to open them on the air with you guys and answer some questions and hear some cool transformational stories and testimonials and stuff like that. So I appreciate you being here. appreciate you being a part of this journey with me. And I got nothing but love for you. Much love for all you guys. And let's get back to the episode. I think if we have, if we have time, I'd like to come back to how, how to uh, not tie your ejaculation to orgasm or orgasm to ejaculation um, and, and go a little bit deeper in there. Because that's kind of the next thing that I would like to work on. And honestly, a lot of times I get caught up in the moment and don't do as well as I would like. Um, but it is very important to me to continue to develop that sacred sexuality and, and go deeper there rather than for much of my life, I was kind of the, uh, you know, long and wide, but shallow guy. And like, now I'm, I'm working on going deeper and, and exploring that with, you know, fewer people or just one person. Um, have you looked into Enos? Phoresis, the Japanese machines that that are a plasma phoresis machine, they're they're supposed to be like next level. And I know a lot of people who have had their lives completely changed. Like I've had Lyme disease twice. I went to a St. George clinic in Bad Ibling, Germany, and I did extreme whole body hyperthermia. They cooked me at like 107 degrees for uh, two different sessions over three weeks. I was doing the Weber uh, IV laser along with it, ozone, vitamin IVs. And then I didn't do the, the plasma paresis just because I had a lot of their stuff going on. But I know a number of people that went through that protocol and then did enus phoresis in the Bavarian forest and, and went from non-functional, like on uh, headed towards death to back working back, you know, in the game of life. So I was I was kind of curious if that was something you'd explored. And I'd love yeah. to see extreme whole body hyperthermia here if the if the three letter acronyms that kind of control some of our medical system would allow such a thing. So, you know, again, I threw my hat back in the ring because um, I was wholly unimpressed until I was re-impressed, right, with with what the, what has come forth. And so I can't even disclose what we're going to put in the clinic, but, you know, we've done our homework. Oh, my God. 
like I, you know, had the guys that run the labs not sit down with me and be like, dude, we've triple, quadruple checked. This stuff works. And the stuff is working in ways where, you know, aging is optional. Um, there are so many diseases optional. I mean, there's a lot of diseases that we're having a hard time with still. But, you know, there are so many pathological processes that we're starting to understand better. Um, and some of the immune therapies are amazing. Obviously, the, the plasmapheresis is amazing. There's just there's just a lot of hope now. Mm -hmm. And there are, you know, if we don't blow each other up and, you know, die for other causes and, and there's, you know, good reason to believe that we will, right. Um, there are, uh, you know, a lot of environmental challenges that we're facing, a lot of, kind of geopolitical challenges and all that, but, you know, like, you know, assuming we stay alive, um, it's a very promising era that we're getting into. Yeah, I agree. There's especially like post 2020 with everything that's gone on in the world, there's so many people that are feeling overwhelmed and, and, and struggling just, you know, having, having awakenings on one level, but also like dar a dark night of the soul that, that, that typically accompanies, you know, those awakenings. What's sort of your recipe or, or recommendations for someone that wants to overcome some of the overwhelm that they're experiencing while simultaneously expanding their, their awareness and, and, uh, you know, re, re sort of calibrating their map of the world and reality. It's heavy and it feels heavy and it will feel heavier and heavier if you keep your eyes fixed on the problems. And so it's like, okay, well, this, this dude's talking about some crazy machine in Japan and, you know, I can't afford to go to Bavaria and, you know, or that guy's talking about, you know, some weird semen retention that seems too far out for me. Right. So, you know, let's all let's, these guys are me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh my God. And it just, it just gets people to, you know, feel overwhelmed. I mean, this is obviously a biohacking show, so it's a little different of a demo, right? Yeah. But, um, you know, it's like, let's just, let's just start with fixing that headache. Let's just start with like one ingredient that we might be able to swap out. That's going to give us a little bit of edge. And then let's reinvest that refound energy into, you know, kind of better outcomes into, you know, more lifestyle stuff, right? Like I get up every morning, I do Qigong, I lift weights in the middle of the day. Like I have a, a, a routine, um, but, you know, it came from years of trial and error and it came from realizing that, you know, bad decisions uh, don't make me better, right? And so I started stacking good decisions one at a time. And, you know, I, I, I tested actually every hundred days, I go on what's called a gong. And right now I'm probably on like what day 60 of this one. You know, it's got its thing. I have my Qigong. I've got my workouts. I've got my reading and all that. Uh, but then every time I finish a gong, and if I mess up, I have to start over. So I'm not in the habit of messing these things up anymore. Is then I, I it's like navigating, right? It's like, hey, if I want to get to that mountain peak over there, well, let's get to that hill over there. And then let's calibrate. Let's get our bearings. And then let's figure it out. So, you know, I never say things like, hey, I'm never going to drink. Right? Because I, I, I will probably want to have a glass of champagne at my son's wedding. Right. Like that's just that's an insane like like never is a long time. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I'll say, look, you know, I'm not going to drink for 100 days and let's see how I feel. 100 mm -hmm. days later, you're like, damn, drinking's really not great for my body. Right. And mm -hmm. so then you recalibrate and find a new relationship with drinking. And in 100 days, you have created a new habit and realized that you could do fine without drinking. Right. Whether that's smoking for you, whether that's ejaculating for you or whatever it is, these little um Three times a year sprints really help us develop new habits in a way that are meaningful. And then they allow us to reassess and say, look, you know what? That, you know, I've done tons of things on gongs that I don't do anymore. Because I'm like, you know, that was cool. I don't need to be doing that anymore. That's fine. That didn't really move the needle for me, right? 
what I need right now is, I don't know, more sleep, right? And we're, we're contemplating getting another puppy, right? That's, and then so like, I'm literally weighing that against like my sleep scores going, man, does this guy need a puppy, right? <laughs> you know, pup, pup, puppies get up, right? And so that means someone here, my kids sure as hell ain't going to get up. So that means, you know, the buck stops here. So am I willing to compromise my sleep because the kids want another puppy? What, right? what kind of and, puppy do you have right now? So we have a nine, so I have an 11 year old, um, red lab. I have a nine month old white lab and, um, we have this cute little, uh, male, uh, so a boy and a girl and now I have a cute little male white lab. That's just like, you know, take me home. And so we're like, oh, God, do we, do we need this in our life right now? The kids beg for it, but you know, they're don't let the inmates run the asylum, right? Like my wife and I have to make the decision based on kind of the overall health of the family. And will a puppy disrupt our sleep? 100%. 100%. Mm-hmm. Right? That's just, that's it's called, you know, having a kid. Right? So, mm-hmm. you know, th- that fact that has to factor into your calculus is who are you going to be 30 days from now when you're like, you know, low on sleep and you got the big thing at work? Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. This, just to kind of make sure I understand this, these gongs you're talking about, and I think you said a 60-day gong. Hundred days, hundred days, I'm hundred days. Day, yeah, I'm sixty days into this one. Okay, all right. So it's a hundred day gong, and and is it you pick one thing that you believe would be like the highest leverage or like the big domino in your life, and then you run a hundred day test, and you you have to make that behavioral modification for a hundred days consecutively. Is that kind of how it works for beginners? Yes. So what I'd like to tell people is start with one thing because we're really good at breaking promises to ourselves, and every mm-hmm. time we do that, we reinforce um, the I suck narrative. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and that, that, that's not helpful. So if you're not good at that kind of stuff, I would start with one thing, whether it's, you know, stretching for 15 minutes in the morning or doing, you know, push-ups every day or quitting gluten, right. Whatever that one high leverage thing is, I would start with that for me. I, you know, I, I've been at this for a while, so I have, you know, five parts. So I have my Qigong, my meditation, my workout, my cardio, and my reading that have to be done every day without fail. And I have to start over. And then I have my 30, 60 and hundred day goals, which is like, you know, I want to track and see if, you know, dude's getting better. What's, what's your BMI, you know, what is your resting heart rate? What's your, you know, uh, VO two max, you know, depending on what you're testing, there's plenty of ways to objectively monitor those things. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, am I getting and, and then some of them are a little more subjective, but are still, you know, data points, which is, you know, am I getting more quality time with my kids? Right? I like it. So Qigong meditation workout, which includes like your strength training, cardio and reading. Those are your big five. Those are my five for, for 40 more days. And then, you know, we'll see. I mean, you nice. know, I, I, I have a hard time kind of cutting any of those because if yeah. you're not reading, your brain's not growing. If you're not meditating, you're you know, going to stand a chance in this world. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I'll usually kind of interchange or kind of adjust them. But, you know, I've been at this for three decades of gongs, right? Like. It's, you know, this, this is what works for me. It doesn't mean that's what it, everyone else needs to do. Right. For sure. Dope. I, I feel like there's a lot of, along with like, you know, just kind of dovetailing off of that overwhelm um, conversation that we were having. Similarly, a lot of people are investigating their relationship with money and, and how they trade their time for money and, and how that relates to the purpose and meaning that they're able to experience in their life. You know, and, and, you know, I talked to a guy the other day on, on social media and he was like, yeah, my I just, I just, my, my job just told me I, I get to keep it 
you know, for another extended period of time, despite the fact that I didn't want to participate in certain medical experiments and yada, yada, yada. But it's it's got me rethinking, is this what I really want to be doing? Mm. You know, and I think there's a lot of people that are that are, you know, I, I kind of went through that in like late 2019. I was just working all the time. And then when this this event sort of grabbed me by the lapels and shook the crap out of me. I realized I'm like, this isn't the life that I want. I don't want to spend all day in front of a computer and then take a break to work out and then get back to work and then take a break to eat and then get back to work and then go to sleep and then wash, rinse, repeat. You know, can we talk a little bit about that process of finding meaning and and how someone who might currently be in a job that they hate or a job that they liked when they got it, but they're no longer aligned with, you know, how do you go about developing a, a sense of meaning, a sense of purpose and, and living a life that feels more aligned with with your soul's calling or, or with what, you know, you might consider God's will for your life. I think the, the narrative um, for that question has been usurped. Because what we're talking about is the identity of a person in relation to what they do instead of who they are. And I think that the essence of that, and that's, you know, it's great for capitalism, but I think the essence of that argument needs to boil back down to, doesn't matter what I'm doing. I mean, I could be scooping dog poop or running my companies or, you know, skiing or whatever. Um, my internal state has nothing really to do with what I'm doing and who I think I am, because all those are false narratives that make me try to feel better about the, the absolute chaos that I feel when I, when I look forward into the world. And so how do I address the anxiety and the lack of meaning and the challenge um, that I face um, with this crazy world that I see? I would put it to your, you and your, your, your listeners that has nothing to do with what you do. And later, what you do starts to kind of sync up with that because of the internal state that changes. But I think all the, all the guns need to be focused on that retrospective looking inward to ask the better question of who am I? And if who am I has nothing to do with what I do, what I like to do, what my hobbies are, and I keep getting deeper and asking, well, who just asked that question? And who's the guy that, that you know, is behind the question behind the question? Then you start digging deeper into the true essence of who you are, which doesn't need a job title or an activity to define itself. And then you could be a guy, you know, assembling paper clips and have the biggest smile on your face. And we've all heard of that guy or hopefully have met that guy, right? So the happiest people I've seen have been street beggars that are, you know, lepers in India, right? And I'm just like, how the hell are you happy? Right. And and, and that's you know, I learned more on the streets of India than I ever learned in the ashrams. Right. It's just unbelievable once you find that kind of nexus of happiness and that 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 inner sun lights up and starts to glow and radiates from within, then you're just happy. Then you just, you know, figure out what you want to do next. I've changed careers like 27 times. Um, you know, I just keep, I don't, I don't know what the hell I do anymore. Right. But mm -hmm. if I find that I'm not happy, then I have to sit on my cushion and analyze what it is that I'm feeling, go back to happiness before I start moving my feet. Mm -hmm. Have you ever been accused of being an anti-leper? Yeah, just messed around. What, one of my, yeah, it's in one of my books. I don't even remember which one, but there's a story about a leper that, that like rang my bell so hard that changed my perspective on all this like spiritual crap that's out there um, and really kind of calibrated me to what's important. Um, so, yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I have a huge affinity for lepers. Yeah. <laughs> They're my angels. 
Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. What, what is your out? You've mentioned angels a couple of times. Like what's your perspective and belief about angels and, and the role that they play in our lives? Yeah. I mean, I think they're there. Um, I, you know, I've had a few uh, near death experiences. I've done a lot of astral travel, you know, like the, the people you think are gone are right there. So I think that, you know, there's disembodied human energy and I've also had um, a fair amount of experience with, you know, whatever you want to call that energy, right? And whether it's an archetype assembled in my own consciousness to make me feel better about, you know, my puny existence or whether it's, you know, Gabriel or Michael himself, you feel it, right? You feel it and you, it's undeniable. And so, you know, will I know a hundred percent, maybe, maybe when I leave this body and I'm fluttering around with those guys, we'll see. But I, I've had visceral experiences with entities on the positive side. And just, just to be clear, I've also, you know, a, a classically trained Taoist abbot, which means I had to learn how to do exorcisms and all sorts of stuff that's not fun. So I've dealt with all kinds of energies um, in my day. Um, and, you know, exorcisms, you know, I, you know, I'd rather go to Disneyland and wait in three, three hour lines. Um, it is, uh, it, there's a whole wild world of entities and consciousness and manipulation of consciousness out there. 100%. That, um, again, drives me to beg our listeners to ask the better questions and find out who their eternal selves are, because mm-hmm. the self you think you are is being leveraged, whether yeah. it's by a to- Toyota commercial, a politician, or, you know, the app in your phone. Um, everyone's interested in, in manipulating your attention. I'm, I'm a big believer now that a lot of the, the spirituality and like new age movement also not only takes many people away from from God, but it also could potentially open them up to some of these, um, whatever you want to call it, like <laughs> entities that are not aligned with good and light and, and our creator um, and have had some interesting experiences. But I want to be respectful of your time and kind of yeah. get ready to land this plane because we're yeah, I want to keep it under an hour. But um, you, you mentioned astral travel. Like if, if that was astral travel or, or uh, lucid dreaming, I don't know if you've messed with that, but yep. if someone wanted to explore that, like what would be your recommendations? for that? Do the spiritual work first. Start doing the four count breathing. Start figuring out, you know, what it's going to take to observe your monkey mind and not be reactive to it. Um, because astral travel is something that is not a 1.0 skill. And I, I think a lot of beginners start to get trapped in trying to find meaning or meeting, uh, you know, entities that are going to be like, you know, guides up there and not all of them are friendly. And so until you have the discernment and the wherewithal to understand the difference, be careful, right? And to, to your point, I think it's, it's worth kind of, you know, stepping into this for a second is, you know, I've been around a lot of dude bro spirituality, right? Where, you know, these dudes go do some, you know, ayahuasca in the jungle and now they think they're God or, you know, um, there's a lot of these. That was that was part of what I think opened me up to some of these dark entities, to be honest. And we had to, had thought, to yeah, clear I mean, a bunch I, of that up. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of um, exorcism deal flow, and I know where I, I know the guys that are doing it. Right? Yeah. There's some really bad characters out there. There's some really shady um, qigong masters that are just you know milking people for money, and and there's mm-hmm. a lot of entity exposure because people want the flashbang, you know, spiritual experiences, yeah. and um, most of it's bullshit. Right. Most of it is top down control systems from people who aren't necessarily looking out for your best interest. And so, um, you know, just find your own breath, find your own light, 
you know, um, if you're, you know, religious, read the Bible, read, you know, some of the, the more kind of esoteric texts along those lines, but dig deep and find the answers in your heart. Um, you know, I, I, and I'm worried about, we do ketamine assisted therapy and I'm part of a couple studies that are doing psilocybin and MDMA assisted therapies because it's amazing for trauma, but an unregulated non-therapeutic drug shamanic exposure with someone who is not necessarily, you know, uh, qualified and or ethical, mm -hmm. man, have I seen some fallout there? Uh, yeah. I, you know, more often than not, you know, women getting raped, guys getting raped, you know, people getting abused. It's just, you know, the story is endless. So, you know, just know that the devil also exists so mm -hmm. that you have to keep your eyes on light and mm -hmm. understand that a lot of the stuff out there that's trying to, you know, get your attention is also trying to get you. Totally. I was, I was at a uh, Chicago sweat lodge with one of my buddies on Saturday. We, we, we do like Turkish bath and, and they got like a 37 degree cold plunge pool and a dry Russian sauna. And he was like, what do you think about ayahuasca? He's like, you've done it a number of times. And I'm like, I, I don't think I'll do it again. And he goes, I was, he tells me this story. He was talking to a girl that did it. And she was like, oh, it was incredible. I saw the most beautiful entity I, I'd ever experienced. It was like this amazing snake and it was gorgeous. And he's like, you know, he's like, I'm somewhat, I've read the Bible, you know, a number of times. I try to stay in the word of God and I'm listening to this and I'm like, that sounds a lot like the devil, like a beautiful serpent. And like, that's the energy that she's interacting with and, and encountering during medicine. And I'm like, yeah, I think there's a lot of other ways to have a spiritual awakening and like grow yourself rather than going to the jungle and drinking that medicine. Arguably, um, you know, I'll push back and say there's also a, an amazing amount of light and clarity that, that is also there. And mm -hmm. I think that there's, how do I say this? There's been a misinterpretation of the serpent. I mean, go back, going back to Tantra, going back to the Caduceus and going back to the serpents climbing the central channel. And I think, um, you know, the early kind of church fathers um, we're so wary of some of these advanced principles because they led to so much darkness that they just made it all taboo. So if you start going into, you know, kind of higher levels of understanding of that stuff, the serpent crawls up your spine. The serpent is part of the, the DNA strands and, and there's a whole language of communication. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, Jeremy Narby wrote a great book about that, but I think Timothy, Timothy Leary, it was, it was McKenna or Leary said, you know, when someone asked him about ayahuasca, he was like, man, that is not a Saturday night kind of drug. You need to read a good three to 5,000 books before you get into that stuff. Right. Yeah. Like I, I just have a lot of amateurs who are just like, oh, I don't like my stupid job job. I'm going to go to the jungle and, you know, get raped. Right. Like people just make some really bad decisions um, and yeah. they end up in some very dark alleys with some really shady characters that are administering spiritual healing. And, 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 you know, I see that I see the worst of it because I'm a priest and they come to me when they're all destroyed. Right. And so, you know, I just want to caution our, our listeners that, you know, there, there's just a lot of hyperbole and there's also a lot of shadow in that space. So just be careful, protect yourself. Right. You know, mm -hmm. you know, if, if your mom doesn't think it's a good idea, maybe it's not right. Like just, just be, watch yourself. For sure. For sure. What would you consider to be like your must read books or, or the most powerful books that have positively, positively impacted your life? Uh, that's a, that's a loaded question. Um, I really like a, a book called Meditations on the Tarot, written posthumously and anonymously. Later on, we found out the guy's name was Valentin Tomberg, very deep, deep journey into esoteric Christian uh, hermeticism. Uh, if you're Jewish, I like Adam and the Kabbalistic Tree. 
Um, Taoist, um, I, I loved, you know, just the, the Wandering Taoist, that whole trilogy. I obviously love um, The Secret of the Golden Flower, the, the uh, Leary, um, uh, Cleary um, translation. Um, the Dhammapada is just beautiful text. Um, I like I like Don Miguel Ruiz. I like you know I like a lot of things obviously um, that are instrumental in, in helping people wake up. And you know maybe maybe your entree is the you know Siddhartha or you know the Alchemist, and a lot of on ramps are that way for people. Um, but I think you know the the classic texts are great. I think there's a lot of really you know cool new work that's come out. I think Harari's work is good, but I think Harari is kind of like you know sounds dead inside, right? Like it's, it, it's not, you know, there's, there, there's, there's something missing there. Yeah. Right. Um, and you know, oh. I think a lot of the kind of dude bro tech guys are all, you know, trying to be Darth Vader, right? Like I'm yeah. not seeking immortality through devices and gadgets. I'm seeking it through my consciousness, <laughs> you know, use other things to keep my body healthy. I will, but I'm not trying to drink like Guatemalan baby blood. Like I've seen. Some I was just going to say they're pretty good as long as they're getting their regular IVs of baby blood. Yeah. They're blood boys, right? Like I mean, I've seen it. I've been around the ultra rich. I've seen what some of these guys do. So it's weird. Gross. It's parasitic. It is. It's very parasitic. Uh, favorite biohacks or tools that, that you utilize? Like, do you, do you track your sleep? Uh, what are some things that have had, a, 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 you know, like beyond the Qigong meditation workouts, cardio reading, like are there, are there other biohacks or tools that you utilize for yourself? NAD drips. We talked about the plasmapheresis. What do you really like? Stem cells? What are you into? Yeah, I'm into V-cells. I'm into plasmapheresis. I'm into ozone um, exertion under ozone. Uh, I'm into power plates. Um, I'm into, um, you know, in terms of like the biometrics and understanding, I mean, obviously, you know, monitor your blood sugar and your heart rate variability, I still think is a really good indicator of a lot of things. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm an old school neurofeedback guy. I studied with Barry Sturman back in the day. I've been around neurofeedback for a while. We're, um, we're introducing, uh, this really powerful technique that's QEEG based, uh, transcranial uh, magnetic stimulation. Nice. Like some, that. Yeah. So there's some really interesting stuff that's out there that is pretty profound and, and is and is working really well. I just you know, I'm a fan of good old fashioned vitamin drips. But I'll tell you my favorite, which I didn't get last night, so I'm, I'm sound a little tired, is sleep. I'm a big, <laughs> big fan of sleep quality. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we just had a storm and, and, and the kids woke up and stuff, so it's just a it's a rough night. But man, um, I can sleep off most anything. Right. Yeah. Um, but you, what do you got to do to sleep? Sleep isn't something you do. So you have yeah. to be able to shut down the windows and fall asleep. You have to let go. And so mm -hmm. um, that is a, is a skill set that I think most people lack. Right. They try to do sleep. And so um, quality sleep happens when you learn to pop in the clutch and disengage, get out of get out of gear. Yeah, for sure. Last uh, last question, and then if, if we do a part two sometime, we can talk more about ejaculation and, and not tying it to orgasm. But um, again, wanna want I know you've got other stuff going on as as do I, but I'm really enjoying our conversation. What, what do you believe is God's plan for humanity? No oh, man, we had done a light one, huh? Yeah, <laughs> but we had yeah. done a light one. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> You know, I, I mean, you know, you go to the classic kind of understanding of, you know, the spiritual stuff, which is this is a spiritual school. And we're supposed to, you know, learn about our own divinity and, you know, ascend and get off the earth school. I've kind of relegated myself to not worrying about that and just being as kind of uh, a human, as good of a dad, as caring of a husband and as you know, capable of a filmmaker as I can be in the time that I'm given. 
Because those big questions, you know, they're, they're kind of dizzying. And at the end of the day, it's so damn abstract, right? Sort of damn in the God, in the God answer here. Uh, but it's, it's so abstract. And, and I think a lot of people kind of get stuck in the kind of philosophical meanderings of this instead of spending more time breathing to their navel and finding the kind of true source of their breath. Um, and then you can see it. I mean, I, I, you know, I don't want to deflect the question because, you know, you go into a deep meditation, you're, you're viscerally aware of God's plan ish as it's emanating and, you know, flashing in front of you and you see the beauty of all creation right in front of you. Um, but I think the abstract questioning of that gets us into more and more kind of abstract paths away from the, the experiential reality that's afforded to us through these temples called our bodies. And I think the, the sooner we start cultivating our breath and, and observing our consciousness and, and, and learning who we truly are, the less we need to answer those questions and the more we smile. Good answer. Good answer. Guys, if, if you've enjoyed this conversation, if you got value from some of the things that Pedram has shared, uh, please share this with your friends, family members, people that you work with. Uh, Pedram, what, what would you like to leave our listeners with? You've got, you've got bepossible.com, the letter B in possible.com. Um, if, if, it's, if it's to go there and check stuff out, you know, maybe you could explain a little bit more like, you know, who that's for and, and, and what's, what's in it for them. I, we've, you've touched on a lot of that, but uh, how they can follow you and stay up to date with cool things that you're working on, all that fun stuff. Cool. Yeah. Bepossible.com. We've opened it up to have a free level. So, you know, 95% of the material is just free. Um, we, you know, add supported because that's how, you know, you keep the lights on. Um, and then, you know, just jump in and find what serves you. We have thousands of hours of new material coming in uh, this year. Um, lots of new shows. And I'm hosting a show called Vitality that um, we're starting to film next month. Um, and, uh, you know, it's just, you know, you find your way and then you just kind of follow the breadcrumbs of, you know, what, what interests you, you know, my work at the urban monk, uh, dot com, um, you know, I have my, a lot of courses that are, you know, I'm a Tantra course, actually, I have a lot of courses that I've taught over the years, you know, eight books, um, you know, if any of this resonates, just poke around and see, you know, I'm on Instagram, you know, all of it. I don't really do much on those things. I don't care for social media very much, but it's kind of a necessary place to be. Uh, but you can find me through the websites. You can find me through social. Um, but, you know, more important uh, than finding me is finding you, right? Um, you know, I think, you know, people can listen to thousands of podcasts and still not know what to do. You know, I, I really implore everyone who's listening to just get started on something, whether it's that four count breathing or something today. And then tomorrow, do it again. And just build on that momentum and you'll find that your life changes. Awesome, brother. Thank you so much for your time and wisdom and energy. I appreciate it. I've loved our conversation and uh, love all the work that you're doing. Is that Tantra course on Be Possible or is that on the urbanmonk.com? I think we moved it on to Be Possible as well. I think that's like the, you know, the, the, um, the masterclass tier, but it's, um, it's, I think it's there. I, I should know these things. It's definitely on the urbanmonk.com. Um, and uh, yeah, I've been teaching Tantra courses for years. Um, I've been very wary of it because some people come in wanting, you know, all the fireworks and, you know, I want to be a supreme lover, you know, and it's about finding yourself again. Yeah. It's about, you know, it's about learning who you are through your um, connection to your immortality. And that, you know, rises from the base of your spine. Right. So that's a whole other can of worms. We can talk about later. Awesome. Well, thank you, brother. Appreciate you. And uh, yeah, loved our conversation. Thank you. This has been fun. 
As you may already be aware, my specialty is working with entrepreneurs, Olympic athletes, executives, and high achievers to help them unlock ultimate performance in body, mind, and spirit. If you want to lose fat, build muscle, activate untapped brain energy, and feel 10 to 15 years younger, my proprietary coaching process is the secret behind many of the world's top performers. Here's how it works. Over 24 weeks, I will walk you step-by-step through a personalized process that utilizes your blood work to build you a custom game plan for taking your physical and mental performance to their maximum potential. I believe in testing, not guessing, and have proven time and again that personalized results crush anything that you could achieve following the one-size-fits-all cookie-cutter programs that litter the internet. With regular one-on-one coaching calls, I'll guide you through a personalized process for achieving massive, unparalleled results in your life. My proprietary process includes blood labs, testing, and advanced health diagnostic tools, upgrading your metabolic engine, personalizing your nutrition, optimizing your sleep, upgrading your cognition with brain-targeted supplements, smart drugs, and peptides, balancing your hormones, building strength and muscle mass, detoxing heavy metals, pesticides, and toxic chemicals that can slow you down, building resilience and bulletproofing yourself against stress, integrating time-restricted eating uh, through advanced fasting protocols, increasing oxygenation and supercharging your immunity, and of course, tracking and monitoring your progress with science-based tools and expert accountability. We also leverage personalized biohacks that will help you to achieve your physique and cognitive goals faster than you thought possible. And on top of all that, for a limited time, I'm offering three special bonuses that you get to choose based on your desired results. So you pick three from the following five options. Bonus option number one, upgrade sexual health, libido, and performance. Bonus option number two, get rid of pain and recover like an athlete. Bonus option number three, get rid of parasites, candida, Lyme, mold, and chronic fatigue. Bonus option number four, get more youthful looking skin, thicker hair, and healthier nails. And bonus option number five, fix your gut and optimize digestion, which ties in very well with bonus option number three. There's no faster, more effective way to tap into your full potential, get in the best shape of your life, and have your brain consistently firing on all cylinders. To apply for one of these limited half-off spots, go to www.biohackercoaching.com, B-I-O-H-A-C-K-E-R-C-O-A-C-H-I-N-G.com, fill out the short form and grab a time for us to talk. Full disclosure, I'm offering half off in part because we're building some cool new case studies and success stories that we can showcase in a infomercial style project that we're working on. So if you're at all on the fence, I encourage you to fill out the short form and grab a time for a free consultation with me to see if it's a fit. After you've applied, you can also text me to request to have your application moved to the front of the line. And that number is 847-989-3743.